Would you like a statue? Something uh, is not really my, my decision, I guess. Football Kid Podcast, and we welcome you to episode 22. I'm Dennis from Museum of Jerseys. I'm Gav, also known as the Kit Geek. And I'm Les of Hull City Kits. The theme of this episode is statues. We're not talking about how Manchester United defended against Brighton recently, but rather sculpting and carving of figures to memorialise prominent figures or football kits. And that's because today we are joined by Stephen Rawlings of Tiny Jerseys, a fan of Borussia Dortmund and the producer of the phenomenal detailed statuettes that honour memorable kits. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you. It's good to be here. Pleasure to have you with us, Stephen. Now, once we've asked you some questions about your outstanding creations, we're going to get a little bit theoretical and consider like a Mount Rushmore of kits, Mount Kitmore, if you will. And sure. what combos of shirts shorts and socks from the last say 40 or so years you think would deserve to be enshrined like washington jefferson roosevelt or lincoln <laughs> so we'll we'll come to that but first Stephen, tell us about your own interest in kits and how that developed into what you do now yeah so i'll start off i'll apologize ahead of time since i'm american so well, I'll, I'll use uh, soccer uh, regularly, but but yeah, I, I've I've played soccer and football for you know since I was little, and I thought of I thought about it recently that you know I can't rem- really remember anything specific about any game that I've played like throughout thirty plus years that I've been playing, but I can I could vividly draw every single shirt I ever wore. You know, and I realized uh, as I've gotten older and as I've kind of gone down this tiny jerseys path that uh, the, the fashion of, of football, the, of soccer is basically what I was always the most interested in. You know, you know, you'd have the, the one the one practice session where the coach comes up with the giant cardboard box of kits at the end of practice and you get to pull it out and see you know what number you get that year and that sort of stuff and and so that was you know that's kind of been my my background interest I'd say and then about probably about 10 years ago I think I I I really started noticing a lot more just oh hey there's this cool this cool shirt that came out there's this you know a lot of it being Dortmund because that's a team that I followed for a long time and it Shirts were, you know, about seventy dollars here. I think, you know, we're we're pushing a hundred regularly now. But and I I kept seeing all these shirts coming out and shirts that I probably wouldn't wear, but I wanted to own and in some way. And then just I don't know if I was just on a 
for them or you know i built model cars for years so that was probably kind of part of how it got started and i was like you know what i can make this like let me i'm gonna make these kids i'm gonna that's what i want to do i want to try and figure out how to how to own them but not you know the last thing i wanted was to own you know 15 20 different shirts and they just sit in a closet and never see them never wear them you know that sort of thing now as i've gotten older i'm you know I will wear outlandish things and I got, I got no problems with that. But, and so it really, it started out as a way kind of to, to save money, which is, you know, ironic now that it probably would have been way cheaper for me to just buy the shirts and be on my way. (laughs) uh, It's, it's, it's definitely a a hobby out of control now, but it's uh, the building, the, the sculpting, the creating it, it combines a lot of different things that I'm into, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm learning new things every, it, it's such a, it's such a cool world, the process and, you know, making molds, making, you know, I spent, I'll, I'll spend, you know, hours making, trying to re- recreate the graphics and that sort of stuff on, uh, through Inkscape, uh, which is what I use, but, you know, all of, all of that is, it combines so many different things of what I love to do um just in general as separate pieces but then combining it all together you know i it's really kind of the first business i've ever wanted to actually run like the the idea of of having my own business never really appealed to me until this has come around and i'm like oh i could i would i would be i could be a ceo or whatever you know president of a company like oh this would be you know this would be it and that's uh and then, you know, that's just kind of how it's how it's progressing now and, you know, trying to trying to figure out what's next, you know, make things easier for myself and and expand and grow. And, you know, there was there was a while where I got, you know, like seven different Rangers kits that came in like orders and I just kept making Rangers kits. And I thought, I'm just going to make Rangers kits, I guess, for the rest of my life. And then um, <laughs> and then different things keep coming in. And it, it's it's such a cool you know, everybody that, that I take a commission from, they, it, it's, it's such a fun process. Everybody's always really excited about it. It's, it's kits that they're passionate about, you know, it's like, oh, I've, you know, I was at this game when they won the champ, you know, the, when they won this championship and, you know, I really want to memorialize it and this and, and just going through that process and, and the finding all the, the tiniest details of, of things where, I'm working on a, a Chivas kit now from it's the 86 87 championship where they they won the liga and uh the, you know, the guy emailed me he's he was great he he provided a lot of pictures and he's like hey there's this there's looks like there's this little text under the number on the shorts you don't need to worry about that so obviously I spent you know 5 hours trying to figure out what that text was <laughs> I, I did so I figured it out and you know that that's the part that that I, I really enjoy is, is a lot of it is a hunt and, and getting to get all the tiniest details in as I can, as is humanly possible, but you know, they're 23 centimeters tall. So, you know, there's, there's only so much I can do, but it's, uh, it's fun. I, I love it. (laughs) So without giving any trade secrets away, you kind of mentioned the process of it can you talk us through how that process comes from you know original request from a customer from a kit collector to the final product i feel like i'm a 
a fairly open book. I've, I worked in the craft beer industry for a long time. And that was one thing that I learned, kind of the rising tide sort of thing. Anybody that emails me and asks me for, hey, like, how do you do this? I, I love helping people. I love talking shop and that sort of stuff. So I don't feel like there's a lot of what I'm doing that can't be figured out or that I will end up telling people about anyways. But but yeah, so all of my little headless figures, which they're headless. I have zero desire to sculpt the head that <laughs> people have asked. And I'm like, absolutely not. You know, I, I think it's going to end up looking like that Cristiano Ronaldo's weird smiley statue that he's got. And and so any anytime somebody asks, I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. That's and and also too it's it's you know the fashion part but it, it's all about the kit for me it's not about the player you know I've, people will ask for different poses that's where i'm like nope that's not that's not what this is anyway so there's a i have my base body is the kind of the black resin body which is an original sculpt that i've done and that's the basis for everything so uh, i have that i'll make a, a cast of that and from there, then I'll use either clay or there's this new epoxy clay that I like using that is no bake. But yeah, from there, it's it's basically sculpting the kit, um, you know, lots and lots of research. I'm religiously on like Getty images trying to find the poses, like reference poses. There's the biggest one for me now, you know, especially like the modern kits. It's it's easy to to find like the graphics and that sort of stuff. But finding the exact thing with kind of the the right fit that I'm looking for, especially if I can get somebody with their hands behind their back, you know, if it's, I have just like a Dropbox folder filled with people with hands behind their back, just trying to like figure out how the fabric falls and that sort of stuff. But yeah, then, you know, from there it's creating the kit. And so it's sculpting the kit on this resin body and then trying to capture, you know, like we were talking about the, the tiniest details, you know, I'm, I'm even trying to get the, the seams right. It's, it's, it's been such a cool process and, and like a research project for me, even just learning how kits are constructed. I can, at this point, I can look at something and be like, okay, yeah, there's going to be seams here. It's going to be this type of sleeve, you know, especially once you start getting into eras, it's like, okay, well, this is going to be more of a cuffed sleeve. It's going to have an elastic band on the, and it's, you know, a lot of that is a lot of the work that I put in into, you know, really trying to get it as close to accurate as possible. And yeah, then from there, it's it's painting. I have a, a hefty spray paint collection and then uh, a lot of hand painting and then doing the graphics, which, as, as I said, I, I did a lot of model car building. And so that was how I realized I could get the graphics on was the same way, just with like the water slide decals and figuring out the best way to do that, which you learn, you learn quickly. Okay, cool. There's this, you know, you look at a shirt flat on a wall. Yeah. All right. That's fine. You know, that's what the graphic looks like. But once, once you're trying to put it on a 3d object, it's, it doesn't lay down at all. That's that <laughs> same way. And so there's been a lot of trying to map how things are supposed to look and that sort of stuff. And then, uh, if it's just something that has stripes, it's it goes straight up, and then once you hit the shoulders, it's got to take these weird like curves to to look right. And and playing with graphics too, a lot of the times 
you know, making making something exactly to scale, it ends up not looking right. And so the badge on some shirts, you make it bigger. It, it doesn't, it's not, you know, technically accurate, I guess, but it looks better, you know, kind of, I don't, lots of like, I think there's like some French art technique or something where you're exaggerating features, but it, it makes it look how it's supposed to look. I guess that's, that's pretty much kind of the process. Okay. I was wondering yeah. whether it's beneficial or problematic that football kits change so often, given how much work it can potentially give you. I was initially thinking in contrast to US sports, but then Nike seem absolutely desperate to change that because you've got your colour rush jerseys in the NFL, you've got your city yeah. series in basketball and baseball. So it is no longer just a case of, well, they've just got these one yeah. uh, jersey set for years. But I just wondered uh, if the, the the number, the sheer churn of football kits in a given year, does it have any impact on you at all? Or does it increase your scope of getting commissions? I feel like it only builds up my like personal backlog of, of <laughs> projects that I want to work on. I think I've made about a hundred, a little over a hundred. I have two. I've, <laughs> I have two that I've kept for myself. But my, I have, I have a little, you know, notes doc on my phone that's, I'll see something and I'll just add it. And it's, it's called my personal wish list. And I've, I haven't marked any of, <laughs> I haven't marked anything off of that. So it doesn't have an effect because I feel like most of, most, most people tend to want older things you know from what i've built or it's it's rarely very real time for me especially you know my process start to finish is a couple months just uh, you know i think if if i didn't have any other commitments it would probably be maybe about a week but with a regular job and a five-month-old and a seven-year-old and family and it, you know <laughs> Finding finding time here and there, it's it's about two months start to finish. And, okay. um, and does the, does the complexity of the kit have any impact on the time it takes? Not anymore. It it used to. Um, I've I've done enough now to where I I know mostly how to get things done in in the most efficient way. You know, if especially you know most if it's something that I haven't done or kind of like a style that I haven't done then. You know, it could be take a little bit longer from a research or a graphics standpoint. You know, like I said, doing the 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 Luton Championship playoff kit from last year definitely pushed my computer to the limits trying to do all the the twenty thousand or whatever ended up being little circles for the diamond graphic. So that was kind of annoying. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'll start this and then I'll go make a sandwich or something. But <laughs> um, for the for the most part, I have I'm. I have enough downtime to where I can, you know, research as be holding the holding the newborn and <laughs> he's sleeping and I'm on my phone like, oh, okay, cool. Here's a here's a cool new picture I can I can use this and oh that's interesting. These folds fill you know fall this way. <laughs> it's it, it's fun. It's the complexity doesn't change too much for me from a time perspective. I think. And so, what, Stephen, would you say are the biggest challenges? Are are you at the stage now where you have developed enough expertise that there's nothing that is beyond your remit? I I hope that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it, this all started out with with football kits, and you know, one thing that I've started to try and branch out a little bit more is doing 
non-football related. You know, I made a Spider-Man for my son, which he he loved. And, you know, the, the weirder, the better. Like, I'm... And that, when I first started out, when I was making, you know, when I said I had, like, seven Rangers kits all come through at the same time or whatever, I made a rule at, when that started happening that I wasn't going to make the same one twice. And I've it hasn't come up recently because everything's been a lot more diverse lately. But And, and I made that rule at the start because I didn't want to get bored. I knew, I knew I didn't want to be making... I, I didn't want to make seven different versions of the you know Rangers 55th championship shirt. Like that's it, it it was going to be boring for me and so you know the weirder the better the you know bring it on. <laughs> um you know I'm making uh if you've ever seen the movie Midsummer I'm making the May Queen dress for my wife <laughs> in, in uh in <laughs> tiny form. So did the queen have an away kiss? I'll let you know. <laughs> Well, Spider-Man did because you have the Miles Morales version as well. Oh, so absolutely! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. look forward to seeing them. Yeah, Spider-Man um, will come back around again for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the football, the soccer statues. One thing I noticed looking at some of your your work, the the detail in the boots and particularly a pair of goalkeeper gloves were remarkably detailed. Yeah. You know, is that again something you look at in your collection of pictures? Is that a difficult thing with the goalkeeper gloves to, to get right? Or do you kind of go, yeah, that's a, that looks about okay, I'll go with that. Or is it that attention to detail that you seem to take a lot of pride in? I've played keeper forever. I love playing goalkeeper. And so I was so excited when that came through. This was Eddie at, at Ireland Soccer Shirts or whatever, uh, whatever his... his yeah, yeah, was. Ireland Soccer Shirts, um, yeah. And so... He had messaged me and asked me, "Hey, do you want to do a, a goalkeeper shirt?" And I was like, "Absolutely. This is I've been wanting to do. It's one of those things. Again, it's on my 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 wish list for my personal. But when it when we were talking about it, I was like, okay, well, this is the only exception I'm making to the hands behind the back thing is because you got to see the gloves. You know, that was a non a non negotiable for me. And so it's like all the other all the other parts that I." Some of the stuff you can cheat a little bit, and it's like it doesn't look perfect, but things that nobody will notice, that sort of thing. But I, I, I try, I try my hardest to to make it as as close as I can, and figuring out, you know, again, where are the seam lines, where are the little puffs on the gloves, like how many are on the index finger, how many are on the palm, that sort of thing. But and then for the boots, the same thing, you know, trying to. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to, to make a seam look like a, a seam on a boot. I get close and, and I have like all these, I have like a, a Nike file and Adidas file and I can pull from a lot of different art that I've got already. And if I can just, I can't, it's so, it's so small. The seams are so small. I can't like, I can't make it quite look right. So I'm still trying to figure that out to get it exactly right. And, that's I probably spend more time on the boots than anything uh, at this point, just from a research, especially if it's, you know, oh, yeah, I don't I don't care what the boots are. I was like, OK, well, I do. And yeah, they had this. The, I think they were Puma boots. So just some Puma boots. All right. So immediately I'm Google searching. All right. 1993 Puma trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> what 
it's not good enough to just you know put the 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 little graphic on the side for me i I, I gotta figure out what the what the model was what the (laughs) what it it you know how many lace holes were there it's usually like seven on each side and the laces flat were they round you know that sort of thing (laughs) and it it i i spend the most time on the boots now probably because it's it's so interesting and it's so much smaller to try and get right but if you can nail it you nail it and it looks so cool and it 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 really comes it it makes the whole thing you know if if, I'm going to keep my eye out for the mid '90s predators. I just want to see that detail on the on the top of the boot. That would be amazing. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've actually done any predators. Maybe I have. I don't remember. Moving on to fandom, then, what was it about Borussia Dortmund that appealed to you? So that was that was about 2006. I want to say I was in I was in college, and it actually came from playing FIFA. <laughs> Oddly enough. Um, and so, you know, I started a career mode. I, I had always played soccer, like I said, but, you know, I hadn't really played football video game in a long time. So I was like, oh, let me get FIFA. This will be fun kind of use of my time, maybe. Um, and so I started a career mode and they wouldn't let you start with like the best teams. I had no idea who I was going to pick. And it's like, God, oh, Borussia Dortmund, you can play a career mode with them. I'm like, sure, man. Yeah, why not? Let's do that. And uh and so then, you know, you play and you learn all the players. And uh, what I didn't realize at the time uh, was that was like their last moment of being somewhat decent until they just completely <laughs> tanked. And so I feel like that uh, really solidified for me, you know, hanging with them <laughs> through the Thomas Dole years and that sort of stuff and fighting, almost being relegated and that sort of thing. And, you know, the not too much longer being able to get enjoy the the Jurgen Klopp years and that sort of thing but so that was really how it started and the first shirt I Dortmund shirt I bought was the quote mark you know hideous white and yellow striped one not even realizing like everybody hated it at the time and was like okay well I'm following this team this is my team now so this is you know this is what it is and I still love and you know it that one's come back around and everybody I feel like appreciates it a lot more now, but it's been a, a fun ride for sure. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I started with Dortmund. And now, you know, we're watching every weekend. Try to watch with the kid. He sometimes cares, sometimes doesn't. But <laughs> And then um, the, the match-worn Matthias Zammer Dortmund figure, including the, the bloodstains and everything. Oh, yeah. With, that, that stands out, you know, among... All the other brilliant stuff. Yeah. Was that a quest from another Dortmund fan, or was that something? Yeah. Okay. I presume it was a uh, an enjoyable one to 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 do, as much as any of the others are. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I definitely enjoyed being able to 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 do that. And again, that's something that that one that one was a more recent one for me. And so that one being able to, like I said, do kind of weird things like you know i'm on my computer mapping out a blood stain to part of that ended up being a decal but then i was able to you know blend in some blood and and um you can tell around the socks too where i just made it super dirty like his boots are just covered in mud and like up the socks and you know doing stuff like that is i i enjoy any any of the kits that i make i enjoy but like i said the weirder the better like the stuff like that is is super cool and 
he he pretty much gave me free reign. I think he had wanted that he had wanted the kit, and I was like, hey, what if we do uh, the bloody Samer kit? And he's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like done, man. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. And it fortunately uh, trying to coordinate like shipping and that sort of stuff. It it ended up on my shelf for I think about four months. So I was <laughs> I was able to enjoy it for for a little while, but it did it did eventually leave me which was which was sad it was i was sad to box that one up and and send it on have you had any other requests on kind of similar lines something a little bit different from the the standard kit uh yeah so i did um my brother actually had had talked to me about it and i I did a three a set of three of uh ted lasso shirts so uh one is uh Sam Obasanya. It's got the like tape on on his shirt from when he taped over the sponsor. One's Ted wearing his you know puffer jacket, and one's Beard wearing his like sparkly disco pants. And it was cool because my brother was like, "Do whatever, like this is your deal, man. Just do whatever you want." And so uh, doing the the three different things was cool, but then putting it on a base and the base actually lights up it's got this like led paper or uh, el paper um under the beard one so it's got a little disco floor figuring out the how how am i going to make this base look exactly the same but hide all of these electronics in there and that stuff is it's it's what i thrive on just being able to figure out how to make that happen it definitely feels like it's the whole process for you as well it isn't just about the end product it's about you know how do i get from from the initial idea of someone to yeah. that end product, you know, kind of your passion coming through that whole process is really, really interesting, really good to hear. Yeah, I mean, it it has to be part of it. Like, if if I'm not enjoying mm. doing it, then then I'll stop. Like, that's that's just kind of this is just a fun thing for me to do, really, you know. And I've played like live music for a little while, you know, a long time ago, and and that was something that i realized i was like i'm i'm not having fun doing this you know playing at some bar at 12 30 at night for like my girlfriend and the bartender <laughs> and so it was like i'm done and that's fine I'm, this is a good decision to make and you know I, I i do it because i i love doing it and i love the process of doing it and again with the, the how i had made kind of my my rule of not doing not doing the same kit more than twice it it's that i I, i'll do it once great and then i'll do it one more time because i'm sure there's something that i'm going to see on there or something that i can do better but then after that i'm like i don't want to do this again like i don't want to do this same thing this isn't this isn't fun for me and if that does ever become the case and it becomes like work then then i'll stop and that's that's just how it'll go but you know fortunately i think there's there's a lot of growth for me in in what I want to see and what I want to see out of it. And a lot of that is, you know, getting out of kind of the single one at a time process, but trying to figure out how to do things more on a larger scale. Because that it that bugs me that it takes so long. And I want to be able to, like I said, I've got this ever-growing wish list of ones that I want to make for myself and I want to be able to do it faster and more efficiently. And, and so there's, there's so much room for me that I find just thinking about, I find very interesting and, and I hope 
I hope to, to go that direction. It sounds like you're uh, setting up a pitch for the Shark Tank or uh, yeah. Dragon's Den as it is in the UK. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh, things as well that were popular on your uh, on your social media is your making of videos. How does that come about? How does that work? Is that something that you enjoy kind of sharing as well, again, sharing the process? Is it difficult to do, time intensive? I've done a couple. So the the first one that I did was just kind of a, it was really just, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't even remember how I thought to do it. I was just like, I let me just, I take this picture, it, it's in front of a little you know all my pictures i don't have some math like you know fancy studio i literally have a piece of like white paper magneted to my garage refrigerator and set up some lights and i was like what if i get a little turntable and i'm just take a picture every step of the way and just i the only regret i have about the first one is that i didn't think about getting like kind of weird with it until I was like halfway through. <laughs> so you can tell, you know, there's like a paint can that starts walking across the, that was when I realized I was like, Oh, I should do weird, dumb stuff with this. And so <laughs> that was, uh, that was the only, the only part that I, I, I want to re again, I want to revisit it. Cause I want to do that again. So I did that. That was awesome. I enjoyed how that turned out the Nike commercial, obviously, I, I literally think about that commercial so frequently, <laughs> like all the time. If anybody ever asks me about like my favorite commercial, it's like, think I've thought about it at least once a month since like 2008, whenever, whenever it came out. And so when I was trying to think, I was like, I should make another video. This will be fun. I should do that commercial. Like, let's, I'm going to do that. And so I got a little camera that I strapped to my head and figured out, is weird working on things because I had to do it in like a weird way that to where you could see what I was doing. But yeah, that was, oh man, I was, I was so happy when I came up, when I thought of that idea, because I was like, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then I was like, it has to be this. And, and so, yeah, it was, I mean, it, it definitely took a lot more time to make the, the actual, you know, the actual sculpt and, and stuff, because it was like, well, I got to plan this out where, I'm not just like watching TV at night or something with my wife and I had to like, I had to plan it out a lot, a lot more, but it was, uh, it was such a cool process. And then, you know, doing the editing and, and stuff to, to really, like, I have, a, I have a notebook that's just filled. I've, I watched the commercial again so many times. It was like, all right, at this, you know, I was time stamping like, okay, he's, he's running ropes here. He's, you know, here he throws up. He's like, I was like trying to map it out and, and figure out. So I have like all, you know, like I said, all these notes of what I wanted to do and how to do it. And then once I started getting into it, it's, it all just came together. It was, it was so much fun. And, you know, I've, I was able to get my kid in there and my dogs and, and that sort of stuff. And <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Nice way to showcase it all. Works really well. Yeah. Thank you. But something, something that I often think is, um, is how much I'd love to just invent a pause button for the rest of the world that wouldn't apply to me. So I just have all this time to do yeah. all the stuff I want. So if, if I do work out how to invent it, I'll give you the code <laughs> for you to kind of um, tackle yeah. your, your, your long list. So now we'll, we'll ask your opinion on what you would put on, on Mount Kitmore of the 
on what the four of us would consider the most deserving to go on there. But we do have a couple of exceptions, don't we, Gav? Yeah, we figured out that most people would probably automatically go for some four classic kits. So West Germany from 88 to 90, the Netherlands 1988 shirt, Denmark 1986 and the England 2009 Taylor by Umbro shirt. So we've ruled those kits out. We won't be using those. We'll be picking our own. We don't know what others have chosen. So we could have four shirts exactly the same. Hopefully not, (laughs) but it could be that way. Stephen, tell us a kit that you'd have sculpted from granite and then we'll have a go. All right. So as soon as we started talking just now, I was like, nope, this is the one. I find it hard to pick one, but definitely one from Jorge Campos would be, I think that should be on there. Being a goalkeeper kit, I think they don't get enough love for sure. But the absolute outlandishness of you know, most everything that he wore and the fact that he made most of them, I think is absolutely bonkers. And so that that's my that's my pick. Yeah, it's a great point you make, Stephen, because I think Campos's kits probably came to wider attention during the 94 World Cup. And here we are 29 years on. He's still shorthand for outlandish kits. And yeah. you think of all of the outlandish kits that we've seen since then and how often it'll be a smaller club looking to go viral and make a bit of a splash. But Jorge Campos is still the the market leader in, in that in that field. Is there any particular one of his styles that you could even describe in such a way to separate him from the others? Or are you happy to go with the shorthand of... I did actually uh, pick up this sweater not too long oh, ago brilliant yeah yeah a couple years ago from uh what is a talisman yeah so this is my uh I'll, I'll go with the his his kit that looked like this one yeah that probably is the most recognizable one, of... one yeah but the for the listeners it's the one with the yellow triangles down the middle and kind of the, the lime green and dark blue and pink yeah i think that's a good choice i wasn't wasn't sure what to expect yeah i i would definitely endorse that one Perfect. I don't know whether that's a Roosevelt or a Lincoln. But anyway, what are you going with, Dennis? I I kind of set myself a little bit of a, a parameter in that I wanted it to be a kit from the 2000s because I think us gentlemen of a certain age, and obviously I, I'm younger than, than my two co-presenters, we are perhaps a bit inclined to look backwards to you know a time of our youth when things seemed everything seemed better basically and like if you ask me my three favorite kits i'd probably say arsenal 1990 Ireland 1990 cork city 1990 they are all three adidas kits and they are all brilliant but it just so happens 1990 was when i started watching football so I wanted it to not be completely navel gazing or rose tinted glasses. And then I was like, I was like, what kits from the 2000s do I actually like that much? And then, of course, it hit me today. And it's not even one of my favorite kits in that it means a lot to me personally. But Nigeria's 2018 kit, I think. We're in an era now where there, like you said in in the question to Stephen, there are so many new kits. When you look at Napoli having 
what was it, 14 or 15 in a season. Every team has three new kits every season. Sometimes they have more special editions. There's an overload. And it's because of the one-year cycle, it's so hard for a kit to really take hold in the consciousness. And there's no point even wasting your time getting excited about a great kit or getting depressed about a bad kit because you know there'll be another one on. You know, it's like London buses. You never have to wait too long. But because of that, and you've loaded great designers now, but it's so hard for a kit to really be noticed. It's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. But, you know, they'll wear it for nine months and then it'll be gone. But that Nigeria kit really, I think, made people sit up and just take notice. Obviously, the fact it was the World Cup, it got more attention than a normal Nigeria launch might get. And... It was kind of derivative of the 1994 kits, but at the same time, totally different, totally original and really just it really just grabbed people and people either loved it or hated it, which is what a designer wants, really. You don't want one just to land in the middle and say, oh, yeah, six out of ten. You want to stir up an emotion, you know, like Frank Zappa with his music. He didn't mind that people hated it. He knew there'd also be people who loved it and I think the Nigeria kid really, um, really did that. It set the bar high for their future releases. There's nothing wrong with that either. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a small price for success, I think. So I would, I think in terms of influence and significance, uh, I, I think that would deserve a place. The retro kits at that point had, had very much focused on the 80s and that signaled a shift to looking more at the 90s, yeah. didn't it? And that inevitably led to all over prints, bold colours going into Jorge Campos territory. Yeah, so yeah. It reminded people that they can be fun. I feel like yeah. around that time, you know, the, maybe even around 2012, something, I feel like it was very, just like one colour. What happened, you know, with FIFA also, they were okay, you can't have a different color. Like, your shirt and your shorts have to be the same color. And I feel like, because that was, what, 2014 with the with Germany World Cup, and it was like, why are they wearing this all white? <laughs> like, I love that shirt. And it was like, they should be wearing black shorts. This is ridiculous. But I feel like that was just very normal. And then, you know, yeah, with the, the Nigeria kit, it was reminded people, like, oh, these can be fun. Like, let's do that, you know? Stephen, if you're interested in the genesis of that all-white Germany kit, our very first episode was an interview with the designer of it, Jürgen Rank. Oh, cool. Gav, what are you carving into the stone? So I kind of was looking at the, along the similar line. So I was thinking, not necessarily my favourite, but something that was influential, that made a significant change in kit design and aesthetic and look and feel literal feel so again mine is an international shirt mine is the italy kappa kit from 2000 the combat kit for me it completely brought kit design into the 21st century it's iconic in its look you know very very simple very simple in color simple in style form fitting as well so they're probably the first shirts that we saw that were cut athletically cut rather than baggy so we had the big baggy shirts in the 90s or this was straight kind of you know skin tight in in some cases the minimalistic side the logo placement on the sleeves the simple national crest and just the kind of change in design you know the way they have done the reverse seams the things like that it made 
a significant change in how kit design moved forward from that moment. So for me, it goes in there for that. And in my notes, I've called it the forefather of modern kit. I think if we even look at kits today, you can see influence of that design of kit. You know, we're now looking 23 years later, but it's still there. So a forefather of kit, therefore on the Mount Kit Rushmore for us, for, for me. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I have the 2000-2001 Roma home, which is follow-on from that, and I, I still wear it every so often, even though it is very tatty now. I wouldn't wear it outside the house, but <laughs> it's handy to throw on when I'm lounging about at home. So, yeah, great call, Jeff. So that's three international shirts. Les, bring us home with your choice. Which whole them. shirt, Les? No, no whole shirts. I do think internationals do lend themselves to a world cup certainly is when a manufacturer wants to show off its new technologies its new design ethos for the next couple of years so it's perhaps not a surprise that the international kits make the impact initially and and later on it's the the clubs that adopt that styling i came very close to choosing the same one as you gavin because i agree um that kit signaled the move away from shirts just been prints it started companies thinking about technological advancement and experimentation with materials uh, you know seam cuts fabrics yeah again it was uh, it was like an epoch shift in kits i wouldn't say the one that i've chosen does that i must say i found this incredibly difficult because normally if you ask me my favorite internet uh, well my favorite kits that aren't whole city or sampdoria i probably am going for denmark 86 west germany 88 it becomes a little bit cliched but after some thought i settled on brazil's primary kit in the 1998 world cup because i think i think a brazil kit needs to be up there on mount kitmore the the post-1950 change to yellow shirts was pretty iconic already but the stuff they had between 70 and 82 although it seared the yellow blue white look into people's consciousness weren't necessarily that exciting and i think the other thing is it was nike's first appearance at a world cup and unfairly or or fairly they've got a reputation for being disruptive you look at some of the the early 90s club kits they make and you look at the direct ramberg stuff which gave to borussia dortmund and psg and it was something that was really quite different in in dortmund's case an entire color change going to the, the neon stuff and i think nike could have taken that disruptiveness to the 98 world cup but they didn't and the kits they made for italy nigeria the netherlands korea the us and brazil were all respectful of of those companies' traditions. And I felt that the Brazil kits, both of them, were a perfect but respectable update on that classic look of a of a yellow shirt with a with a simple green collar. It had a silky sheen to it, but it didn't look cheap. I think the green stripes of various widths across the shoulder panel really elevated it from just being a plain looking shirt. Relatively plain compared to the stuff that I had four years ago from Umbro, because the Umbro 94 kits, they had a jacquard weave, they had a print, they had a turnover collar. Every every bell and whistle Umbro could muster, they put on the Brazil kit. And this was a totally different approach and quite respectful of, of Brazil's history. And I, I think it also stood out because, one, it looked classic but contemporary. It was Ronaldo's World Cup. I know Zidane won the World Cup and France won it. But Ronaldo was the face of that tournament. 
we saw a lot of it because they got to the final and you were primed for it as well by Nike's airport advert which sort of built up the hype for that team before a ball was kicked you know the music they're using that is just now the Brazil theme tune isn't it, it th- yeah, that's, yeah. that's what that's fun so Brazil's 1998 primary kit I'll get my chisel out yeah I, th- I think those four would, would definitely tick, tick the boxes like you say it's it's something that would definitely lend itself more to international shirts and universal recognition rather than let's say the the provincial appeal that that a, you know a club's kit that they only had for half a season might have just in terms of overall influence and and everything like that. Maybe we should do a Mount Club bar. I think that could definitely be a. <laughs> That could be put on Stephen's list. You know, he 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 could do the four of them for us, for sure. <laughs> Before we finish up, Stephen, how can people find you online or on social media, and how long would they be on your waiting list if they were to get in touch with you? Yeah, so Tiny Jerseys on Twitter and Instagram. So just at Tiny Jerseys, and then um, website is tinyjerseys.com. So I'm on the tail end of my. Uh, my my self-imposed paternity break but i'm slowly starting to to take on some projects again so we'll uh hopefully be able to to kind of open things back up here in about a month or so is the is the plan so i've got you know i've got five on the bench right now including uh the the one i'm kind of most excited about is i have a a female figure now so oh excellent that's gonna be uh I have uh, I have nine laid out. This is I've, I've got my personal collection that I'm 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 working and um, I'm I'm taking on the the nine uh, women's World Cup winners. So they that's coming soon. And then if, I've got a few others just to to kind of get my feet wet again. And so hopefully you know hopefully uh, in the next month or two we'll we'll be hitting hitting things a lot harder again and coming back with. with a lot more videos and just cool stuff. I'm 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 excited. Excited to to get back into it and kind of really really do some cool stuff with this. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Stephen. Thank you, the listener. Hope you learn something from this and maybe you agree with our decisions or maybe you don't. Please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We're at Football Kit Pod on Twitter. So Thank you for listening to episode 22 and the Football Kit Podcast will return.